What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. I am the monster on the hill. I am Jonathan Beardsley. And as always, I'm joined by the sexy baby, Brandon May. Brandon, how you doing tonight, buddy? <laughs> Why did I know that was going to happen? I'm doing well, man. How are you? You had to have known that was going to happen. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I had a great birthday. And I'm excited to dive into all these albums with you. I actually did not get to listen to some of these as much as I wanted to with all of the birthday stuff going on. But I have a well, lot to say. Happy birthday, John. Thank you, man. But as always, I do have a lot to say. You always um, have a lot to say. And I'm, I always I always want to hear it. Yes, man. I am. We should be thankful that a gust of wind did not cancel the podcast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Luckily, we do this inside our the comfort of our little homes where that cannot happen. And, uh, and also man, not in a metropol- metropolitan Las Vegas. No. Uh, boy, what a disappointment, huh? I, I feel so bad for the Saturday goers of when we were young. It just it breaks my heart, man. Those Their yeah. hearts were already broken. They're all emo music fans. And then to have that happen? Eh exactly yeah uh if you guys did not listen last week brandon and i did a little fun thing at the beginning of the episode going through how we would navigate our way through when we were young and lo and behold half of the people that went did not even get the chance to do that so (laughs) kind of a bummer i heard second day was good although that there was some sound issues i think that with next year already being confirmed it's more this was more important for just the spirit of these types of shows to come back more than anything yeah my uh my wife and i uh decided to dig up well my wife did all the legwork she dug up the uh the taste of chaos tour that we went to in 2015 2016 i forget which year uh and we paid 25 dollars plus fees to, to go to yeah. see the used headline with thrice dashboard glass jaw saves the day story of the year it was a, it was a great lineup and i uh I, I hope that the price of when we were young is not indicative of all of the these types of shows but i'm yeah, glad i'm those... glad that this music is coming more to the forefront of the world again me too man and i was glad to see some like bands like mom jeans get to you know share the spotlight with like armor for sleep for a weekend like that's cool that's what that's the the overlap we needed within the genre definitely most definitely and i will leave this conversation with the wise words of burt mccracken who was interviewed at the festival uh quote it's like warp tour on crack unquote (laughs) yes for people that weren't uh there when taste of chaos started it was essentially the indoor fall equivalent to warp tour not quite as many bands because they didn't have the sprawling landscape of outside to work with and i mean over time they they it kind of whittled away but I don't feel like Warp Tour is coming back, but I feel like this type of thing can kind of spur that at least a taste of chaos adjacent tour to come back, which well, I'm hoping for. When we went to Taste of Chaos had definitely dwindled and then they came back in 2015 and 2016. And yeah. They actually had it at an outdoor venue and it was it was honestly it was spectacular, man. There were some there were some really good bands that we saw and I think the second year that we went dashboard headlined and I was skeptical at first, but whoa, they 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 really did it. So they vindicated themselves, huh? <laughs> they vindicated themselves. All right, man. Uh, if this is your guys' first time listening to us, if you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to follow the channel, like the video if you have not already. 
If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow along with our page. Give us a rating. We would really appreciate it. Five stars is the preference around here. Um, you can find us on social media, on Instagram at Brandon's Face Pod, on Reddit, just search Brandon's Face. And most importantly, please follow along with our weekly rotating playlist so you know what we'll be covering every week. We are constantly updating that, trying to organize it to be as cohesive of a listening experience as it can be for a podcast as eclectic as ours. But yeah, I think with that, all of that out of the way, man, let's talk about some fucking music, right? Let's do it. All right. First up, we got a new one from Last Lings called Get What You Want. They came out of nowhere to drop my favorite electronic album of 2020, and I've been patiently waiting for their next move. This feels like more of the same, but that's exactly what I wanted from them. So I'm happy with this. What are your thoughts on this one? So Last Lings has a vocalist, right? It's the same. Yes. It's the same girl. Yeah. Her voice is just <laughs> suited for everything that they do. I think uh, Last Lings featured on a Lane 8 track. It was either this year or on uh, the Brightest Lights album. And they also uh, featured on an SG Lewis song on times. That is correct. You are correct as always. Yeah, this is a great track, man. Really like this. Yeah, um, this is clearly the beginning of whatever their next chapter is, although we don't really have much more information beyond this. I will be keeping an eye out, though. Big fans. Nice. All right. Next up, we got two new tracks from Royksop. Just wanted to know and feel it. I wasn't going to add these because I'm like, we're, what, 28 singles deep on Stop in <laughs> this year? But, uh, boy, when I hit Just Wanted to Know, I was like, this might be like a top three Profound Mysteries song of all three categories <laughs> for me. I love that. I think Astrid S. and Allison Goldfrapp are maybe like my favorite two vocal pairings with them over the course of these so far. Um, on the flip side, feel it is really good. And I had to add the the eight minute version because that's what you and I do, man. Correct. We are adults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just wanted to know, has this kind of like trip hop feel to it, man? It's so good. It's so good. Feel it is more of the Royksop that we know and love, but I just wanted to know. I'm so glad you added it because I was like, damn, this is a this is a great track. Yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. I think that that, when's part three coming out? It's really soon. It is November 18th. So we're just a few weeks away from that. These will probably be the last singles I add. No promises. I gotta I gotta throw some props to Royks Up for all of their album art. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, you can see all of the album art that uh, is displaying on your screen. And yeah, man, they're, uh, I don't know if it's AI generated. I don't know if it's actual just digital art, but God, it's so cool. Yeah, they really locked in on an, a whole aesthetic for this album, this trilogy of albums, I should say, and I really like it. I can't even, like, nail it down. What is it, like, cyberpunk insect? Is that the aesthetic they're going <laughs> for? Because it's... No, I think you're right. It, it, like, it, where you're getting the AI-generated thing is that it looks like those pictures that are made of things that look almost like things you know, but when you look closely, they're nothing at all. Right. I forget what the names of these types of things are, but I think they're just using that art style, yeah, to create these kind of images that create shapes from far away, but when you look, they're just made up of chaos. <laughs> I really love it. Just had to, th just had to throw some props to Rugsop for that. Yeah, good job with that. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Bonobo called Defender. How are you feeling about this one? All right. 
Bonobo has a way of creating atmospheres that are just layer upon layer upon layer that just, I don't know, man, basically all of his music speaks to me. I, I, I still, I still listen to his album from this year. Um, what is that called? Fragments. Yeah. Such a good record. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I really dug this one. I, I have a feeling it rubbed you the wrong way. No, 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 actually, okay. this is uh, this is the same with the last things thing. Um, it's more of the same, but that's what I want when I click play on a Bonobo song. Boom. Love it. Yeah. And I've seen on Reddit that uh, Fragments is a lot of people's electronic album of the year, which I find interesting, but I can see where they're coming from. It's not my personal album of the year in that category, but it's, it's a top 10. It's a solid top 10. Yeah, he just has a way of he just has a way of creating layers, man, and I think he's one of the best in the game right now. I will never forget, I think it was 2015, 2016, uh he had a surprise Doolab set and it was him and somebody else at Coachella and uh wow, it was <laughs> it was probably one of the best house house music sets I've ever seen in my life. He seems like the artist that is like curated for a do lab set you know it was just the breeze was happening man everybody was into it there were no led screens it was just right where you needed to be plenty of lsd tabs though (laughs) (laughs) no comment um next up we got a new one from gorgon city and flirted d called sidewinder this one did rug me a little wrong um i think it's a decent beat but that fucking scat man style vocal on it just <laughs> drives me up a wall uh how are you feeling about this do you like the style honestly man i don't like this style but i love this track i mean that's fair uh complex did like a little feature on this track coming out which i found interesting Co- complex yeah complex <laughs> like found that one interesting i was like huh Okay. Oh, that that is interesting. Wow. Good okay. for Gorgon City. Maybe Flirted D has some crossover in the hip hop world. I'm not too sure who that is, honestly. So, um, but yeah, I the the whole vocal chop aspect of this one just by the end of it, I was done with it. Interesting. All right. Well, I liked it. Yeah. Fair. I enjoyed everything we've reviewed up of theirs up until now. So, still not out on Gorgon City, but this one wasn't for me. Fair. All right, next up, we got a new one from Blue to Tiger called Elevator. I feel like at this point, her vocal melodies are a little bit predictable, but (laughs) her bass playing is just so great, and all she makes is jams that I don't really care. You know, it it is what it is, and I enjoy it for what it is. How are you feeling about this? You know what's funny, John, is every time you and I agree, we typically agree in like the exact same way. I'm going to read to you word for word what my notes are. Please. This is catchy and the song is fine or whatever, but God damn is her bass talent the star of the show every time she drops a track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like, like it's 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 great and, and, and I love it, but I love it because of how much of a jam it is. Yeah, she she has the ability to make average pop songs into jams. And I feel like that's what I really enjoy about her music the most at this point. Nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Blue to Tiger. I say she does something with has she done something with SG Lewis yet? No, I think only Chromio so far in terms of like and the Flight Facilities remix of one of her tracks. Um she needs to hmm. do something with SG Lewis cuz I think that would be really cool. Yeah, he messes with those types of bass lines really well. Really like Jungle would probably be a good fit for her Ooh, as well. Yeah, Jungle. 
yeah if, i'd like to see her branch out a little more within the genre next year that'd be great yep uh next up let's move into the r&b realm of things for a little bit we got a new one from kalila called happy ending this is what i was kind of hoping the last song would be that we covered of hers in that this is an actual song <laughs> not an intro it's just some ethereal thing um so yeah man i i really liked this uh drum and bass and r&b just go really really well together georgia smith did a track like this last year that you and i both really enjoyed and i'm hoping for more types of more of these types of beats on her next album how did you enjoy like hearing your first actual kalila song uh this was great man this is like dance r&b like it was it was really good i don't know what you would call this is this that dance hall that nobody really likes? No, um, no, this is not okay. dance hall. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I really liked this, man. Good, good. I'm glad. Yeah, no, I feel like she's going to be up your alley. She's very, she has a lot of the experimental tendencies of an FKA Twigs, but it's much more like grounded in this, rooted in like warehouse and garage R&B and like, I don't know. You could picture Spore remixing a song of hers, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, like that's the type of shit that this is, and I really like that. Now, that uh, would be an interesting collaboration. That would be. I'm putting that out in the universe. Spore, remix a Kalila song, please. Um, next up, we got a new one from Division called Don't Take Your Love. This one is okay. The beat is good. The vocals are good. The harmonies are great. Uh, the lyrics are what they are. It's it's fine, <laughs> but uh, that more importantly, their new album, "Working on My Karma," is dropping this week. So I'll have a more complete opinion when I hear this project in context. This, I'm sure, what will be a very divisive project from Division. No pun intended, actually. There. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on this? All right. So this is these these vocals are great, but man, these lyrics are corny as fuck lately. Um, yeah. He, he says in this song that he's not bringing up other bitches, but he, he do be bringing up other bitches and basically all of his other songs. So, yeah, yeah. It's like the Brent Fiaz interludes where you're like, yeah, man, if I was your girlfriend and I heard you singing about all these other girls, I'd probably be a little suspicious. Too. <laughs> like, I have a fucking kid with you. Like, Come on, geez. man. Get, get it together. Instead, you're recording me to put on interludes on your fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah I'm, I'm kind of this one is not great to okay um we'll see what the album has in store we'll see man next up we got a new one from jeremiah thank fucking god jeremiah is over covid and back making new music not just releasing stuff he hadn't put on streaming yet this is his new single changing changes i'm sorry and there there's something incredibly dated about jeremiah's sound but he still does his style of R&B incredibly well. He hasn't dropped a solo album since his incredibly successful 2015 album, Late Nights. And I just really hope that this is the start of a lot more new music we'll be getting from him soon. How did you feel about this and hearing him again? So I'm, I, uh, again, 
I'm not a huge R&B fan, so I really only know Jeremiah from that 150 Birthday cent, sex? that 150 okay, cent track that he you. put out. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's funny that you say dated though, because I, I kind of like how old school this sounded. This sounded like early 2000s R&B to me. And he's actually standing in front of an early 2000, no, I'm sorry, uh, an old 1980, uh, 1980s Kuntalk. Kuntalk. Yeah. So uh, on the album cover, uh, this is very good. This was probably my one of my, out of the singles, this was my favorite R&B track this week. For sure, man. Um, I feel like you would know a lot more singles of his if you dive in. His first big single was Birthday Sex, which was very big oh. on the radio. Oh, that's him? Yep. And then the Why next year. I think year that was Jason Derulo? Very similar, close time. Just same exact time. Jason Derulo, uh, he had mm, What You Say. That was his God. single at that time. And then uh, on his second album in 2010, All About You, that was the one with the 50 Cent collaboration. There's a few other great songs on there. And then he waited five years to put out his album Late Nights, which is a R&B masterpiece. Uh, has a song Planes with J. Cole, Passed At, uh, We, which is one you would probably know, and Don't Tell Him featuring YG, which is another one you probably oh, know. Oh, I know Don't Tell Him. And yeah, or don't tell him, don't so, tell him. It's so he's song. so he's prolific. Got it. He is prolific. That's why, that's but why is, this is so good. He hasn't necessarily been inactive either. In 2018, he put out a collaboration album with Ty Dolla Sign, which was, it was okay. Like it wasn't as good as a solo Jeremiah album. So it didn't really scratch that itch. And then in late 2020, I believe he came down with COVID really bad and was hospitalized for like oh, a wow. month or so. And since then has just kind of released mixtapes and shit on streaming that had never made it. And this is the first new song of his since 2015, I think. So kind of a big deal in the R&B world. I'm very happy he's back. Nice. Yeah, I, I really like this, man. Thank you for all the context, as I know yeah, of you course. always provide with R&B for me. That's what I do, buddy. Um, next <laughs> up, we got... A new one from No Worries, a.k.a. Anderson Pack and Knowledge. This one's featuring her. It's called Where I Go. It's still weird hearing Anderson without Bruno, but I'm liking <laughs> the new music that he's putting out. This is a it's, a, it's a jam. It's just a jam. I don't know if I love it, but I like it. How are you feeling about it? This whole track is a vibe, man. I uh, I actually agree with you. I like that Pack's been doing some features lately that kind of seem really suited to him. It seems like... It seems like it almost feels like he's working with the producers to make something that's like for him and that, you know, um, Silk Sonic is great. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like this is more where he's more comfortable rather than that kind of funky sound that he's going with on Silk Sonic. And I'm sure he's enjoying both uh, both personalities of his right now. Definitely. Have you ever heard the first No Worries album? No. So uh, let me click on this really quick. So Anderson Pack, with the producer Knowledge in 2016 put out an album called Yes Lod under the name No Worries. Uh, I think the lead single, I can't remember what the lead single on that album was. There was a few. Um, but yeah, they haven't collaborated really since then. And so they're just kind of reigniting. This is this is an Anderson Pack project. It's just produced entirely by one person. Interesting. Okay, so that I think my I, I guess my my thoughts are right, nail on the head, right? Because these yeah, production yeah. this production clearly is tailored <laughs> for him. Exactly. Got it. Him. Okay. Because yeah. that 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 the the song just made a lot of sense mm -hmm. for him. Wow, I really like this one, man. This whole track is a vibe. 
Yeah, they. Uh, I don't have the information in front of me, but I believe they're putting a new album out sometime soon or early next year. So we'll keep an eye on that, out for that. Nice. Next up, we got a new one from Smino called Matinee. I don't know, man. Every, every Smino song is only a song that Smino can make. I don't love all of them, but that's an incredibly rare ability. Um, I, I look forward to breaking down his full album this week. How about you? Me too, man. Again, here's another here's another moment where you and I are right on the same page. My notes are Smino is weird for me, man. Every time I hear him, it's like I'm hearing him for the first time. Uh, yeah. Just very, well very unique artist and... Uh, I can't quite place him. Uh, so he's kind of like he's kind of like that magic trick where you put something under a cup and then there's like three cups and they move them around and you can't really know you don't really know where the where the cotton ball ends up. That, that's yep. that that's me though. Yeah, it's a great analogy, man. Yeah, like it, it's just hard to quantify what he does. But his album Love for Rent drops this Friday. We'll definitely be throwing that on next week's playlist. Yes, excited which for that. You can all follow along with in the show notes. Uh, next up, let's move into the rock singles, man. First up, we got a new one from Jimmy Eat World called Place Your Debts. Good song. Reminded me a lot of that new Death Cow album a little bit. How did you feel about this one, though? So when I was listening to this song, I had my headphones on and just kind of diving into the music. And this is this song sure. gave me like mad chills, man. It's but it but it stood out to me as not really the most Jimmy Eat World song I've ever heard. And I actually decided to do a little bit of research. And turns out that this track did not start out as a Jimmy Eat World band, uh, song. It actually started out as a different uh, band's music. And they sent uh, they sent Jimmy, they sent Jim the the music and was like hey can you help write some lyrics on this and he was just like no we're gonna we're gonna make this into a jimmy Eat world song and uh the the story is kind of he they write it far more beautiful than what i just said go check it out on their website i think it's jimmyeatworld.com and uh yeah man the song is beautiful dude i really did really did like that yeah it's really good uh we'll have to keep an eye out for more new music from them. It's always good to see new Jimmy World music. Always good. And if you have the chance to see them live, do it. They are incredible. Oh, they're great live. Yeah, I've seen them a handful of times and they never disappoint. Yep. Next up, we got a new one from Phoenix called Winter Solstice. Are we going to be reviewing the new Phoenix album when that drops? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in here. I don't know Go how I it. feel about this Phoenix era. There's less guitars and I feel like it's kind of like an atmospheric decision or maybe like a mixing mastering decision on the back end of them recording, but it makes the music feel so different than what I'm used to with them with like Listopia. Um, I don't think that I liked this track as much as I wanted to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I felt the same. I didn't really enjoy this one. It's uh, I like when they, when they focus more on the pop rock than the electro pop rock, but I wasn't feeling this one. Yeah. It just feels, it just, it doesn't feel like them. So, I agree. Uh, next up, we got a new one from Wheel called Synchronize. How are you feeling about this new Wheel track? So this is a little bit more acoustic than we're used to hearing from Wheel. And I, uh, upon hearing this song, obviously immediately dived into, I think it was my number two rock album of the year, Resident, Resident Human, that they put out last year. Um, 
I like this one. Um, I'm excited to see how these singles kind of shape up into a full project. They have officially signed with a record label called Inside Out Music. Um, and so I'll be checking that label out and to see, you know, what other bands that they've signed to kind of see where their direction is going to go or what the producers that are working with that label are doing. Uh, and they actually have a forthcoming EP about to drop called Rumination. So I'm excited for that. I liked the track. It's not my favorite wheel track. It might be my least favorite wheel track, but it is still a good song. What did you think about it? Um, I liked it, man. I, I like the music. I'm just not a giant fan of the vocals, but it's pretty good tool adjacent prog rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to make that comparison with bands that remind me of Tool. And it's not always a bad thing. I feel like they're technically a really sound band. I just can't really connect with the vocal style very much. That That's fair. And I think, I think we've talked about it a number of times. And don't get me wrong, Maynard has a beautiful voice. And he makes all sorts of cool music with all of his other bands. But yeah. I need to find bands that are more adjacent to Tool so I can enjoy, so I can enjoy this style of music without having to uh, listen to Tool. So. Hey, that's fair, man. And I won't hate on you for that. I feel like this is a pretty good replacement for that. I think so too. I think they're really good, and they're uh, they're from Finland, so they add a little bit of a uh, little bit of Scandinavian spice to. And who doesn't like that? Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got one you threw on here from a band called Deaf Radio, called Arsenal of Hope. Is this the first Deaf Radio song? we've heard i think we might have covered one other one if we didn't then i think i just i might have just found this band um i dig i dig it it's just it's it's general rock music man <laughs> I, I really dig that nowadays because not a lot of people are making it especially not well and i think that this band is doing it small little band uh thirty thousand monthly listeners or so on spotify so everybody go show them some love yeah, man, I agree. This is a good track. I feel like this is more my like speed of modern alternative rock than like Wheel is. That's fair. Okay, let's let's get a little more punky, shall we? We got <laughs> a new one from this band called Clear Fight called The Hate Parade. There's a ton of really talented bands coming out of nowhere right now. It's a very good time to be a fan of this music. I really enjoyed this track. I think that it's great. How did you feel about it? You can tell when we're in a wave in a genre mm -hmm. and you can tell that by how quality the releases are of the smaller, tiny little bands. I mean, this band has 4,200 monthly listeners. The production quality is out of control. It's catchy as hell. It's exactly what we look for in the pop punk side of things. And Man, I, I we we've just gotten so much of this new pop punk this year. We got anxious, we got Cliff Diver, now we have Clear Fight, and I'm sure there's like a thousand bands that we're missing, but man, it's a good time to be a pop punk fan. We eaten. It it really is. It really is. Yeah, we're we're happily fed right now. Um, good song. Look forward to hearing more from them. Next up, we got a new one from Hawthorne Heights called Dandelions. God bless Hawthorne Heights. They have had <laughs> the best worst scream in the scene for 20 years. <laughs> uh, they not only use it effectively, they've made an entire career off of it. And I got to respect it's them for so that. It's so bad. It's good. It's it just, is. it's it perfect. Is. It is the movie, The Room, dude. It's, it is itself, <laughs> but I love it. I absolutely love it. I a very smart time for them to drop this song with the whole When We Were Young Fest last week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if they played it, but uh, this is a very good song. And uh, I, uh, 
I loved it. All bands, if you're playing a small festival set, don't play the new stuff. Especially when it's called When We Were Young. Yes. Please. <laughs> God, no. Um, Bring me the right. horizon. <clears throat> Brandon, we got a new song from The Used. Yes, we did. This song is called Fuck You. Uh, they released an album we both really enjoyed in 2020 called Heartwork, right? Yes, Heartwork. Yeah, okay. Uh, for some reason, I wanted to say Lightwork, and I was like, that's not right. Well, they put out uh, an album in 2009, 2008 called Artwork. Um, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. And, it, and it's just somebody injecting their music into their veins, which I thought was awesome. I thought Heartwork was a really good album. I really liked the Paradise Lost. I thought Blow Me was a good track. Uh, I felt like that track with um, Mark Hoppus on it was good. There was that one with Caleb that was really solid. It was a good album. I, mean, I felt like they never really lost form, so it wasn't a return to form. It was just kind of a, hey, we're still here type of album. Now that they're back, and now that they're fully leaning into the Hanging Heart <laughs> aesthetic again (laughs) and going just full on the used again on this song how are you feeling about this era oh man this is a little bit more poppy than i'm used to but the song is called fuck you and that's what the entire chorus is so uh the outro on this one kind of feels like it's supposed to lead into another track i couldn't find any album or ep announcements but I got to say, man, the used what uh, the used holds a an incredibly special place in my heart. I've been to I think I've I think I've I think I've calculated. I've been to like over 280 shows in my in my time going to concerts and the used is the best show I've ever been to in my entire life. And if you have the chance to see them specifically in a venue that's like 5000 people or less, go fucking do it cuz they will rock it. Uh, yeah, I like this song, man. I like this era. I loved Heartwork. I loved that. I loved that record. Um, in fact, that was more of a comeback from the album The Canyon, which I didn't really like as much as their other work. But it was uh, it was an incredibly piece. It was an, an incredibly personal piece of art from Bert, and it was dedicated to his son that he lost. Um, so yeah, I uh, I I. I, I like this band. I loved this song and I cannot wait for more. I hope we get more of it. Yeah, I do too, man. Um, when do you think Bert's voice will finally age? <laughs> Cause it's not happening, man. He still sounds the exact same. I will tell you that he sounds way worse outside than he does inside. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what that is, but that's a thing with Bert McCracken, apparently. Cigarettes, but. dust, <laughs> yes. variety so, something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He sounds great on this album or on this song. So he does. Uh, speaking of sounding great, we got a new one from LS Dunes called Bomb Squads. All three songs they've released have been great. This might be my most anticipated album for the rest of the year right now. Just incredible shit. How are you feeling about them in this new track? Absolute banger. Just another banger. Yeah. I cannot wait for the album. If they do any other singles, let's not add them. I just want to be surprised at this point. Yeah, I agree. I think it's two weeks at this point. We're, we're ready. Yep. All right, Inject man. it into my veins. Yes, please, God. Uh, <laughs> did they play? Did they play when we were young? No, they did not. Um, they they definitely did not. Uh, but Sayosin played, although I don't think it was with Anthony Green. Oh, no, it was with Anthony. Oh, I'm it was? Sure, yeah, yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure Cove is the singer of Scary Kids now. Interesting. Okay. Yes. 
Um, What's funny is sure. the, all of these bands share members because the guy doing the guitar on this used song is an ex Seosin guitarist. So it's all it's all relative, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The used now is what? Maybe one of the same guys? I think it's, as I other think it's than just Bert. Bert. Yeah. No, no. I think the basis the basis might be the same i know that yeah they're... i think the basis is the same but yeah the other guy or two are, are completely different at this point yeah there was a lot of drama with their drummer or whatever a while back but it's we're over about. that we're over it all right let's move on to these uh couple metal tracks we have before we get into the eps the first is by a band called aborted and this track is called infinite terror Thought I would hate this based on the name, but they really blend <laughs> death metal and grindcore well, man. I liked this one. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's definitely grind adjacent, and I liked it. My uh, my my uh, my notes are mm, yes, grindcore. <laughs> <laughs> All that needs to be said, really. Right. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> last single for the week we got a new one from chelsea grin and trevor from black dahlia murder rest in peace this one is called forever bloom we're seeing a lot of trevor features coming out right now um i feel like we've covered three or four of them since he's passed away right he was a phenomenal talent and it's really cool to hear some of the last things that he worked on with his friends and peers uh did you want to cover the upcoming chelsea grin albums uh albums multiple so on november 11th they are releasing one called suffer in hell and march 17th they are releasing one called suffer in heaven yeah let's cover both of them i like that all right i'll throw them on the playlist yeah it's great to hear trevor's voice on this track uh i love that he did this collab uh and the collab with revocation rest in peace to a legend obviously but this track fucking bangs this album is shaping up to be pretty good and i don't think we should cover any more singles uh but i couldn't help myself when i saw trevor trevor's name attached to it i was like yep we're gonna cover this single y'all heard it here we will be covering two chelsea grin albums in the next six months so be ready for that all right man you ready to move on to the eps yeah let's do it all right buddy first up we got a new one from bayside this is the red ep Good Advice and Just Like Home are both great song, but Strangest Faces is very second album matchbook romance in that it's very catchy and full of personality, but a little too overproduced. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I'll agree with that. Uh, I think this. I think all three tracks are just refreshingly upbeat, man. Lyrically dense, just a lot of fun. The riffs are kind of heavy. The lyrics can also be at times, and I, I just, I just really love this, man. I never got super into Bayside. Uh, they've always been that band that I heard someone else playing through the aux cord, and you know, I'm always like, yo, who is this? And it's always Bayside. Uh, these, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna dive into their other work because, uh, yeah, man, this is this is very good. This is very good. Yeah, they've got some great songs, man. Devotion and Desire, Duality. I'm excited to, to dive in as well, but Good Advice, that's a great song, man. I really like that yes, one. Yes, on Good EP. Advice is the best out of these three for certain. Let's talk about The Hire, my friend. Let's do it. Okay, so they released a new EP called Elvis in Wonderland. How much did you listen to The Hire? So I had heard of them and I listened to, I think it's called Hysteronics a couple of times. Yeah. That's, check, all, that's all I knew. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was their first album. The Hire is a band from Vegas. Um, so I remember they have a very special place in my heart, man. I'm really happy to see them back. I remember my friend showing me their album Histrionics one night and I instantly fell in love with, I don't know, everything was a core back then. This is boy band core. We're going to go with that. <laughs> uh, 
I think only them and the cab might fit that bill, but we're going to go with that. Uh, I saw them live a few months after that at this venue called the Underground Cafe in Roseville, California, which was also a church. And I didn't really think about their name having anything to do with weed, but it was for sure funny watching them bring in a kick drum covered in pot leaves into a church. <laughs> I respected it, though, um, and I didn't even smoke back then. Uh, they were great and just quickly became one of my favorite bands at the time. They're God, man. Uh, Rock Your Body is a jam. The song History, Onyx. And then they released an album called On Fire in 2007. And that quickly became the soundtrack to countless nights that my friends and I took to the casino in NorCal to try and stretch $20 as far as we could go. <laughs> but win or lose, the first thing we did when we got back into the car was hit play on the Hires on Fire CD, which if you've never listened to it, the first song is called Insurance with a question mark. <laughs> um, few things are better than hearing insurance when you're walking out of a casino up $60. I will tell you that, man. You will feel <laughs> on top of the world. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed their third album, but it came out right as the scene was dying and was kind of slept on. I saw that in 2020, they kind of came back with a cover of Bye Bye Bye, and I was hoping for some new music. So I was stoked to see this drop. Uh, the opening title track, Elvis in Wonderland, feels like quintessential the higher. But this whole EP is really good, man. I really enjoyed it. I'm happy they're back. What was your experience listening to this? Uh, yeah, man, I really like this. Elvis in Wonderland is a great song. Uh, it's a little bit more pop than punk, but man, I, I dig it. I dig it. That's crazy. That, that That's cool that they're, that they're from Vegas. And thank you for sharing that amazing story about how you, the first thing you would do is press insurance. That's a, that, that's, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I really like this dude. It was really good. Do you think we're going to get some more music from them or do you think that this is yes. it? Yeah, no, no, I think we're going to get some more new music. I think it's going to be a while before we get an album, but they, they sound pretty much in step. Um, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go from here. I'm 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 thinking a tour will probably be will probably come before any new album, but I'm along for the ride. We should definitely dive into their previous albums if you aren't overly familiar with them, because there is some really good shit on there. And I have some funny stories about some of those songs. I definitely will do that. All right, man. Let's move on to the Sonder EP called Too Late to Die Young. That is a very Brent Fias thing. To name <laughs> uh this whole EP is understated and it's a little underproduced, but the way Brent's voice is able to blend into the instrumentals is great. And if you're a fan of this style of R&B, which I am, you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, this whole EP is a lot of the same, but there's a few gems on here. Make Me Stay is great. Break You Off, I really enjoyed. I have a feeling you weren't going to enjoy this one, though. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> It's very mean girls of Brent to say, if you ain't 100, you can't sit with us. Uh, this uh, this project is a little slow for me, man. It wasn't bad by any means, but you know I like the more upbeat R&B. Yeah, uh, the Sonder project in general is a little slower. It's something that he does with, I think, two or three of these other producers that he's kind of friends with or maybe in like a, a group with, but... Uh, they just release a track, sometimes an EP every few years. It seems like we got one this year. I'm happy to get it for what it is. But yeah, definitely not the best work that they've put out. For sure. Yeah, it, it wasn't really up to up to, up to to speed for me. 
Hey man, at least you have a taste in R and B now that I can kind of I anchor do. and guess around. I've I've figured it out a little bit. I think I think so. <laughs> Sometimes I surprise you still. Sometimes you do. You do. Um, all right, man. Last EP. I don't know. This one was bordering on an album. This is Duckworth's Chrome Bull. It's both what I expected and worth the wait, man. It's a fun listening experience in the same way all of his other albums have been. There were some really good songs on here like 1130 and Sesua, but I think the standout for everyone is Super Saiyan. That track is fucking beautiful. Uh, I feel like he really tapped into something special on this. It's a good entry in his discography, man. How are you feeling about this project? This is just entirely fun to listen to. I, yeah. I actually think of him in much the same way as I do Channel Trace. Uh, obviously, Duckworth has a completely different vibe, but they I have the same amount of fun listening to Duckworth's music, um, if that makes any sense. The whole EP, album, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is just catchy. It's fun. It's well done. It it, it, it was Duckworth, man. It's it, well worth the wait for this one. Um, maybe it was I agree. Duckworth the wait for this one. Did we ever figure yeah. out what happened to the initial drop date? Yeah, uh, he posted that there was a song on here. My guess is Super Saiyan that I don't think had been approved when he originally submitted. And I think he finished the song before the album was released, but after submission. So I think he asked his label to delay it to try and get one more song on it. I don't know which song it is, but Super Saiyan feels like doesn't sound like the rest to me. It feels like a song that yeah. was maybe written after this project and added in. But I don't know. Because uh, we heard Sesua as a single. Power Power came out as a single. I think Beg came out as a single. So I'm not really sure. It could have been 1130, but that feels like it flows out of the intro into that song. So right. that feels I, like it was always a part of it. I also think that it was Super Saiyan. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, good project, though, man. I really like this. I'll be yeah. listening to it quite often. This was a lot of fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do the albums. Sounds good. And we're back. Okay, man. <laughs> this has got to be one of the biggest albums of the year. It is trending on 1.2 million, 1.2 million units moved, or equivalent units, first week. This is Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. This album is a fucking monster commercially so far, but how do you feel about it personally, Brandon? This is the first new Taylor Swift album that we have reviewed together. It sure is. I'm actually excited for this. Um, I'm glad that you are getting uh, the full Swifty ex experience here. Is this Taylor's version? Uh, actually, it wasn't self-released. It was released by a record label. I forget the record label at the moment, but... Um, all right, so I'm a Swifty, just right off the bat here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to – a lot of people say that her songwriting is corny. And while I agree, I kind of also disagree. I, I kind of like the kind of on-the-nose lyricism we get from Taylor. There's not much mystery to what she's saying, and I think that gives her power. Um, she could probably write metaphors, but why should she? I don't know. Um, I like uh, like specifically the line, like snow on the beach, weird but fucking beautiful, is great, man. There's no mystery in that. You don't need to shroud it in layers of irony in order to in order to understand what they're in order to understand what these uh, indie artists are saying here. So, right, I do like this record, man. Uh, it has uh, decent production, courtesy of Jack Antonoff, and I know you're going to have words to say about Jack and 
uh, his production here. But I actually think he shut Never. off his reins a little bit here because it's pretty unique to his catalog, in my opinion. There's a couple of tracks that are really cool. Um, but that probably goes to Taylor, as I know that they work together on a lot of this. Um, as a non-Swifty, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this, uh, since you just recently heard Red in all of its glory for the first time when she re-recorded it. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good addition to her discography, while not my favorite album of hers. I do love the concept of lyrics written at midnight during a sleepless night. Quite obviously, if she did write these at midnight during a sleepless night, she edited them and enhanced them to include, you know, choruses and bridges and verses and some structure because they're all full on songs. Uh, (laughs) I was kind of hoping that we were going to get kind of like raw ideas produced as an album, kind of like Code of the Friends uh, lyrics to go series that he does. But alas, that is not what we got. And I'm not really complaining. I just kind of like talking, I guess. Um, All right. So this is a Taylor Swift record. It's good music. It's well done. It's written well. I genuinely love the whole thing. Uh, it's hard because you know that I kind of like to hate on the popular stuff, and this is objectively the most popular and the most popular album in the world right now. But I yes. can't really bring myself to find much that I dislike about this album besides a couple of the weird lines, like "sexy baby," which you <laughs> mentioned earlier. Um, I particularly <laughs> like the line uh, he was doing lines as he was crossing mine, and someone told his white collar crimes to the FBI. Let me tell you something: if Lil Wayne said this verse, everybody would be tripping right now, regardless of album or mixtape. I'm saying I'm I'm saying that these <laughs> rhymes are good, man. Um, do you know who this is about, by the way? I don't know who that line is about. Um, no. I have no idea. I I actually disagree with the... Now, I didn't look at or read any reviews prior to writing this album, but I really liked Vigilante Shit. That was a really good song, man. I really like it, man. It's a great track, dude. Production. The the lyrics... The lyrics... No, no, you don't have to defend the song. We'll talk about it in a second. We'll talk about it in a second. Overall, I liked this project. I'm glad that we didn't get any singles for it because I think it works better as an entire project. I gave it a 6 slash 7 out of 10. My standout is Antihero. Tell me me your thoughts on this album, non-Swifty. All right, man. Uh, simply put, didn't hate it, didn't love it. Uh, I thought the production was good, which is very surprising <laughs> hey, considering that was win. produced by Jank Antonoff. Um, I thought that the first three tracks were good, with the opening track being the best of the bunch before I thought the album loses its way a little bit with Snow on the Beach and You're on Your Own Kid. Uh, Midnight Rain pulls me back in a little bit with the impressive instrumental, but I'm pretty much right back out after that. Uh, because I just can't get into that stretch of songs from Question through Labyrinth. But I thought Karma was a really solid album cut to keep the back half interesting. And Mastermind is a good closer. But the moments I enjoyed, I didn't really connect with beyond thinking they were just objectively good, I guess, which I think is kind of the point of her music and the broad appeal of it. You are not Uh, her target audience, John. Very true. Uh, we were looking at our our target or our demographic numbers, and I think we have a hundred percent male listener base at this point. <laughs> so I don't know if we're the the target audience for this. But um, the only song that I have an issue with on this album is Vigilante shit, Brandon. <laughs> and dear God, man, it's not that it's a bad song. It's a fucking Billie Eilish song from 2019. This is, this is just her being like, oh yeah, that bad guy song was really good. I bet I can make that. 
um look man i'm gonna give the album a seven lavender haze is my standout uh it wasn't bad it's not a bad album i thought that there was some good moments on it but i probably won't return to it and it's not in my like top five pop albums of the year yeah uh i i i agree there's some really good pop that was released this year and i don't know man i i, I think i i didn't make that connection with vigilante shit but i i, I did like the album so right and i did i also did like that song so i'm glad we're kind of kind of on the same page although mine uh my, my words are a little bit more positive than yours yeah i actually gave it a higher score than you i think i said six uh, or seven it's one it's one of those no man you can't take it back we know you meant i six. did i maybe uh <laughs> i will say that uh i do implore you to go listen to folklore and evermore they're lyrically dense beautiful listen to the more albums. jack antonoffy jack antonoff no, albums dude, i'm yeah. telling you man I'm gonna just dive right into that you should fucking do that because go back to arc spire before i do i'm kidding <laughs> okay we'll uh, do that too you, never, so... you know that i'll do anything in the if it's in the the spirit of trying to better my knowledge for this podcast so maybe or one day something wrong. will present it yeah, maybe I will. Right. Uh, I didn't have to on this because it feels like we feel pretty much the same way about this album, even though we have different moments that we'd like about it. Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's talk about this new Arctic Monkeys album, The Car. I have a lot of notes written down here, and I don't want to read any of them because I don't really feel this way anymore, man. When I initially <laughs> listened to this album, you know, I was a couple beers deep. I think I had a joint or something, and I was like, yeah, this is a uh, this is this is a good album and it is just boring man the more i go back to it the more boring it gets and i feel like there's moments on songs like big ideas where the strings and the guitars and the vocals and all of it come together in this really beautiful way but for the most part man it's not one i'm excited to restart whenever i do even though there's moments of it that i really like i like the singles that we covered sculptures of anything goes is a good track and i like i said i thought body big ideas was a good one but i don't know man i'm gonna need more time to figure out how i feel with this one i had it at an eight but it's probably like a six or seven for me now how are you feeling about this one all right well i listened to this album all week um i'm very interested in your thoughts on it all right let's go do you know that feeling when like you think you need to be alone, but as time passes, you realize that you made this choice, but the choice to be alone was the wrong one only to like leave the room or the structure you're in and realize that it's no longer an option to be alone. Sure. That's what this album is. That's what the imagery of the album cover is. That's what the imagery of the lyrics are. That's what the sound feels like to me. I know that, I know that this isn't what we wanted, which is big riffs, faster drum beats, less casino lounge feel. But I think this is a solid addition to their discography. And I think we just need to come to terms with the fact that they've changed their sound and they've, re- and they've retained their songwriting skills. And I actually think that these tracks, when played live, will be a little bit like every time I've seen the All-American Rejects, heavier than they sound in the studio. Yes, there's a lot of soft in it, softness in this, and as there was on their last one, but I, I think this album had had to be like that due to the subject matter that they wanted to write about. Keep in mind, I think that the subject matter they wanted to write about was isolation. You have to keep into account that they didn't really release an album since a real album since 2018, which was, you know, uh, Tranquility Base. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Isolation is kind of this like soft pain. And for such an art rock band, they really do tailor the music to the art that they create. And again, this is the first studio album since 2018, which was pre pandemic. And you know that this artsy as fuck band had a lot to say about the feelings that this global event kind of caused them. I planned on kind of doing a track by track for this, but I didn't because it's a, the whole thing is its own thing. And I think that it's a beautiful record. I, it was filled with heightened music, heightened musicality and instrumentation. And they absolutely fucking knew that that isn't what people wanted. And I think that at this point in their career, they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, I'm very curious as to how these sound live. I've never seen them, but they're arguably one of the biggest rock bands in the world. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that they have some interesting shows lined up to show off all of this music and all of their old music. I wrote this review and then I saw that they did a live performance that they posted to YouTube. So I watched that and I stumbled upon it and I'll throw it in the show notes uh, of them mm-hmm. playing. I think it was probably an album release show at their, uh, at a venue called King's theater and yeah. the new songs do sound great. If not a little weird kind of peppered into their older riffy stuff, but I think that they pulled it off really great. The crowd was loving it and I'm sure the energy in the room and the vibe in the room was great. I gave it an eight. My standout is uh, Mr. Schwartz um, or uh, honestly, I I liked a lot of them, man. Body paint, jet skis on the moat is good. Big Mm -hmm. ideas is good. Um, I I, I liked a lot of them, man. And I think I think it's easy to become bored with it. But I put the lyrics on in front of me and I like fully enveloped myself in this album. And I'm hoping you did the same I, i'm sure of you course did. i did it's, and I, it's it's your favorite band right so yeah it's that, that that's kind of how i'm feeling about it and i didn't mind the art rockiness of it it's not necessarily the art rockiness of it and i may be too a little too close to the situation right now to have an unbiased feeling that's why i said i just need some more time with this one that's but fair man getting to the like the lyrical content itself which yes i did go through they're getting very unabridged Stephen King with how descriptive (laughs) they're getting with certain things, you know, three pages on just the way this room feels. And I appreciate that when I'm in the right state of mind for it, given the initial high score. But yeah, I feel like this is going to be an album that is going to be entirely dependent on the mood, which isn't, which is fine, but a lot of their past albums are not. They're just albums you could throw on whenever and be like, yeah, this kicks ass. Um, This is not that album. This is much more artsy. And yeah, it's not a surprise. This is very much the next logical step after Tranquility Base if they were to keep going down that path. It's just everyone imagined that their metaphorical car in this situation was going to back out back onto that main arctic monkeys highway and get back on it but instead they're just venturing into this space and hey if they feel like that there's more creativity that they can mine collectively from this this theme this feel then fucking go for it man it might need it might not be my favorite arctic monkeys album it might be my least favorite arctic monkeys album (laughs) But it's it's crazy that they're so good that it can be my least favorite of theirs and still be a really good album. That is super fair, man. Yeah, I uh, I kind of just I kind of just let myself I kind of just let myself feel it. So that's just kind of where and that's kind of where I came up with that kind of analogy, which is, you know, wanting to be alone and then not being able to be alone, even though you don't want to anymore. And that 
kind of just as soon as I kind of felt that I was like, that's exactly what they were going for on this. And then I looked at the album cover and I was like, oh, man, that's like it's like real isolation. I don't know. It just it just kind of spoke to me a little bit and made me made me kind of kind of re re listen to the album with that in mind. And I think that I think that it's more loungy, you know, it's it's more it's more lounge art rock like uh, like Tranquility Base was. And it feels like that's okay. It feels like they're all written starting with the piano now versus the guitar. That's that, it just feels like that's the genesis of all these songs. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I do uh, recommend you watch the King's Theater. Oh, I checked it out. Oh, you I watched it already? It. Yeah, I, I of course. kind of figured you did. You are the Arctic <laughs> course, Monkeys man. fan. So, yeah, man. Um that's, all their live shit for feel. these songs has been great, man. I enjoyed the live stuff. I'll enjoy these songs more, like, as you said, as I hear the live renditions and as I listen to the album in different head spaces. But it's definitely a more challenging listening experience than their previous few. And it could also be like a mixing or maybe even like a pedal effect that we're missing. Because like on Sculptures, if anything goes, there are some sick riffs on that. Oh, yeah, there are. But it doesn't give you the same feels as their AM album or the I am what you don't say. I am. I forget the yeah. name. Nothing but will give me the same feels as the AM album. No, man, nothing. That's a, nothing. That's I don't think ever if will. there ever was one. Yeah. And I don't think anything ever will. And I think that's kind of what they're batting at here. Right. They're kind of they're kind of poking the fact that we made a 10. We're not going to ever try to beat that. Yeah, why they, would, why they would they did. ever try to beat that? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It took them a few albums to get to that final form to make that album. Let's see where this goes. Maybe a few more albums down this path and they'll make like their next masterpiece within this realm of rock art. So we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right. Next up, we got this new one from Carly Rae Jepsen called The Loneliest Time. I listened to this one a few times and I I feel like this album is fine for what it is, man. She's gotten a lot better since the call me maybe days. We hear that growth throughout this album, but incremental growth isn't necessarily enough to keep me fully engaged all the time. And we already reviewed the best song on here last week, but there's a few others that stood out to me. Surrender my heart was good. Talking to myself sideways bends. Outside of those, I didn't really return to this. I actually thought that some of the bonus tracks were better than a lot of the album cuts, which was kind of weird. Uh, This album's a solid six for me, man. The title track is my easy standout. It's a good pop album that shows the potential for future greatness. But for as good as it is, it's not one of the best pop albums to come out this year or one I'll probably be returning to in its entirety very often. But I enjoyed it, and I never thought I would say that about a Carly Rae Jepsen album. How did you feel about this one, man? I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly Please. here. Please. Uh, I want to say that I am surprised by how good this is, um, but I'm kind of also not. Uh, everyone kind of hyped her up on the internet. Uh, I actually first saw the hype when she was playing Coachella, and everybody, when the lineup was released last year in January, and everybody was like, oh my God, Carly Rae Jepsen, this and that. And I was like, really? People are like excited about her? Um but holy shit, man, this is top tier pop music to me. 
Uh, it's kind of fucked up for Taylor Swift to release on the same day, since I think that Carly probably had this album planned way longer than Taylor had Midnight's planned. But it doesn't really matter, though, because this week, Popheads are indeed eating. Uh, the arrangements on this one are great, man. There's a ton of great production and instrumentation throughout. The lyrics are bright. They're poppy. They're real. And she and it, and it sounds like she really made went out of her way to make this record sound like her i don't know if that makes sense i actually went back and listened to her last album dedicated and i really like that one too um i've been skipping out on carly ray jepson and i will not be anymore this record was a lot of fun and it's danceable it's just a good time to listen to man uh i'll be coming back to this one by the end of the year for sure i actually gave this a higher score than i gave my taylor album and uh it is an eight for me my standout was ben's Wow. Wow. I was expecting you to like it. Ben's is a great song, by the way. It is. Uh, but yeah, I was not expecting you to give this one a higher one than higher score than the Taylor album. That's surprising. I really, really liked it, man. I feel like pop is the most subjective of all the genres. So when you fully disagree with me on a pop album, it's not surprising to me at all. <laughs> that, that's what pop music is, man. It's all like guilty pleasure turned genuine love type of stuff. Yeah. And, I feel like, yeah, it's a good album. Like, it's a very, very packed year in pop, in my opinion, though. Yeah, it's a packed year in pop and a packed week in pop. Yes. Um, you ready to move on, or you got anything else to say about this I have one? nothing else to say besides the fact that I did indeed dig it. Good, man. All right, let's talk about this Babyface album really quick. This one is called Girls Night Out. This project is much better than I thought it would be when it was announced. But the problem with albums like this is that each song is only as good as the featured artist on it. And while he did a pretty great job curating some of the best female artists in R&B today, there's a few duds on here as well. We already covered the collabs with Kalani, LMA, and Queen Nija, which were all really good and excellent choices for the singles. But of the non-singles... The collaboration with Ari Lennox stands out. Yes. The, uh, the, the recipe with Mooney Long stands out. Fresh off her appearance on the latest Craig David album. I'm happy to see her again. But my standout, not just of the non-singles, but of the whole fucking album, is don't even think about it. That shit is a bop and a half, man. I love the beat, love the vocals, love everything about that track. I wish the whole album was as good as the singles in that track, but... It's not a disappointment either. This is a solid seven down the middle. Um, I liked it a lot more than I didn't. It's in the upper middle echelon of R&B albums we've reviewed this year, but the high points of it are very, very high. How did you feel about this one, buddy? I actually will agree with you on that, that the, uh, the high points are super high, but as a project, it may fall short in a couple areas. Uh, yeah. I actually do think a little differently than you about this since I'm, again, I'm kind of outside the R&B world, even though I've, I've experienced enough of it to kind of have an opinion now. When we first started reviewing R&B, I was kind of like, how can I have an opinion about something that I don't fucking know about? But now I think that I actually do have the ability to have an opinion on it. So I actually thought that this was pretty refreshing. Uh, this is a solid record, and I kind of love how he's using his giant platform to have a who to kind of have this who's who of female R and B come onto some really great production, courtesy of Babyface. And it's such a really cool concept. Um, and honestly, if you hadn't shown me a ton of these artists before, I don't think I would be able to appreciate it as much. So thank you for that, John. You're um, welcome. 
Ari Lennox just fucking shines on liquor, yep. man. You hear Babyface just come in for a quick little verse. Uh, the Kalani feature on Seamless obviously is great, and she obviously kills it. Like we've talked about when the single dropped. Uh, the uh, you know the LMI LMI LMA single or feature is great. I love the Tink feature i'm not a big fan of baby tate so i did like that oh, song man. but i'm not a huge fan of baby tate that um great. overall man there are a lot of incredible vocal performances here and you can tell that babyface kind of tailored the production for each vocalist on each track because yeah. this is not as a project cohesive in the least bit because each track is different because <laughs> each each vocalist yeah. demands different production yeah. and i think that's kind of why it feels kind of compartmentalized song by song because it it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was actually a pretty big fan of this. I gave it a seven. Uh, my standout is Keeps on Falling with LMA. Uh, I really like that song. Uh, and yeah, man, this was this was a really cool concept. I, uh, I commend Babyface for doing this. How do you feel about the artwork on this one? You like it? Definitely do not. Yeah, it's kind of weird. What is it, <laughs> like GTA Vice City type of artwork it doesn't really fit to me i think it detracts from it a little bit whoever chose this font needs to be fired immediately <laughs> good album otherwise yes. all right man let's move on to this new tegan and sarah album called crybaby did you get the haircut in honor of the album like we said we were going to <laughs> I or am i just sitting haircut. here alone with this tegan and sarah <laughs> <laughs> oh man i always how you feeling haircut. about this one the the uh the razor blade ice cream cover i, I like the cover on this one yeah, i love the album art on this one what where do you put tegan and sarah you put them in pop you put them in indie you put them in rock where do you put them Ooh, that's a great question uh indie pop I'm I'm a I am i am I'm I'm a fan of putting them more in pop than indie, but I think that you are correct that they're indie pop. Um, but maybe it's because we got so much good pop music this week, but this one feels like it's missing something, and I think that something that it's missing is passion. I love Tegan and Sarah's music, and I have for quite a long time. My wife introduced me to them back in like '09 or 2010, and mm -hmm. we've seen them twice, and we've had a we've had a lot of fun at both shows. But the last time we saw them, I think it was 2015, 2014, one of those, maybe even 2016. I don't know. Uh, we noticed that they were lacking a little bit of passion. Uh, that happens to bands that have been around the block since the 1990s. They released their first album in 99. And I think it's a good record. It's just not anywhere near their best. The vocal performances are subpar at best here. And they've really impressed me in the past. But you can tell when they're holding when they're holding notes that their heart just isn't in it, man. It's kind of a bummer, but it just kind of is what it is for me, I guess. As as much as I enjoyed hearing it, I won't be coming back to it. I did like it as a whole, as a project, but I don't think that it hit everything that I wanted it to. Maybe, again, it's because we had so much good pop music this week or whatever, but I, I, I wrote down four out of ten, so that's what, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying on the air. My standout is Fucking Up What Matters. I really liked that song. Interesting. And we covered that one as a single. Yes, um, we did. Yeah, I don't I don't have a ton of thoughts on this one, much like you, man. I, I I haven't listened to them much since the con, and I wasn't a huge fan of the singles from what I remember. Uh this album is fine for what it is. I thought that the first half was a lot better than the second half, but I get bored by this style of indie pop pretty fast. 
I thought Smoking Weed Alone was a good track, but this isn't an album that really left me thinking about it good or bad in any significant way, which I think that stems from the lack of passion behind it that you were talking about. Maybe it's all the Smoking Weed Alone that's taken their passion. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I I gave this one a five or six. It, it's somewhere in that range to me. There's a few good songs on it. I might check it out again down the road, but far from their best work agreed all right man you ready to cap off this week with this new exhumed album you know that i am all right they released their new album to the dead and i am sure you have some thoughts on it so please dive in you know i honestly don't have many uh but i will say this is classic gory death metal man Mm -hmm. i love that the production on this just feels old school and young yet this band has been going since like the mid 90s there's yep. no frills here. Just a great death metal record. I actually read an interview with one of the band members this week. I'll try to find it to throw it in the show notes. But he had a great talk about how there needs to be more than like 10 legacy death metal bands. And that the bigger bands, when they go on tour, should show the super small bands some love. Since they're the future of the genre. Uh, and I really, I really liked that. Uh, it's funny to me that this stuff never gets old to me, man. There's some there's some great blast beats. There's some great solos, great disgusting and gory, weird vocals. And I just really enjoyed my time with the man. There's nothing out of the box, but we don't really expect that from Exhumed. Uh, I give it a seven. My standout was Drained of Color. That solo is insane. <laughs> I will agree that, that solo is insane. Um yeah, man, you threw a song of theirs on last week that I was not really a fan of. I think I described it as a little too sludgy for my taste. Um, that's pretty much how I feel about this album. I'm just not a big fan of gore metal like this. I, I didn't give this album a score because I didn't like or dislike it. It just wasn't for me. But that's there fair. were some good moments on it, like the solos and shit that you were talking about. Some great blast beats. Just the gore metal vocals and that whole style. Of just I don't know, man. It, it wears on me. Maybe it's me getting old, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, one of my favorite album covers of all time is uh, Cannibal Corpse's uh, Gore Obsessed. And oh, yeah. Cannibal Corpse album covers. Gore artwork does not bug me at all. I just can't. I look at a piece of gore artwork and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I don't have to look at it for an hour. <laughs> <straight."> <laughs> that, 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 that's true. Is this, is, this, is this album an entire hour? I don't no, I just, you know what I mean. This is 39 minute minutes. Album. No, but, yeah. but, but my favorite gore album is the cannibal corpse gore obsessed. And it's a, it's a fo It's a, it's a painting or a picture drawn of a zombie wearing a cape of human faces. And <laughs> it's just amazing, man. That's just awesome. Um, and I, 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 I like it, dude. It's so silly. You can't take any of it seriously. You know, like it's, 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 it's one of those things that is just so outlandish that I don't know. It's just kind of, it, it, it makes you escape any reality that you could dream of for like a moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course, man. It's so different. It's so out there. Um, God damn it. It just makes me think of all those memes, the cannibal corpse ones that came out last year when that guy got arrested and they like photoshopped all the different song titles on there. I have a bunch of bodies in my garage. The skulls in my house. Oh man, good shit. Uh, Shredded humans. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is a fun week, man. You want to know what we're going to be breaking down next week? Yes, I do. 
We got a lot, man. We got new albums from Devin Townsend, Division, Fred again, King Lit, King Gizzard, Noja Thing, Rez, Smino, and a bunch of new singles from a bunch of our favorite artists. It's going to be fucking stacked. I can't wait for it. Can't wait to talk to you all then. We'll see you then. Peace. See you then. Peace.